Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 1, Show 4. Today we're going to talk about security. This is your co-host, Brian Gracely, and with me as always is my other co-host, Aaron Delp. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. As I mentioned, today we're going to talk about security, which is you know a topic that neither one of us is necessarily super strong in, but I think we know a little bit, so hopefully we can, we can give people some, some basics. Aaron, why don't you give folks an understanding of just like, what does security mean in the cloud? Yeah, so the best place to start here is, first of all, what does security mean? Because it's such just kind of a big word, and it can be applied in so many different ways. So think of it as our foundational aspects of storage, of compute, and of networking. How do you secure each of those pieces, right? When you're talking about storage, you're typically talking about data protection and encryption. When you're talking about the network, you're talking about access points. You're talking about firewalls. You're talking about the ability to do intrusion detection, meaning being able to find out when something or someone has gotten inside that perimeter. And um, also authentication. A a lot of times, um, a big trend for this is what we call SSO, uh, single sign-on, meaning one sign-on gets you into all of these different services. So don't Um, Think about this as, oh my gosh, how do I get into this? How do I get into that? How do I get into those? A lot of times it is one sign-on for everything, and that sign-on gets you into all of those different layers. Um, And I think that gets us to the next point of the models behind this, because more than a lot of these others, there is some security models to think about and consider. Some are more traditional and some are more cutting edge. And so, Brian, how is security security allocated, first of all? Yeah, so this is uh, this is one of those places where we're going to throw out a term for you to kind of become familiar with, and that term is defense in depth. And so the way to think about this, and, and security sometimes is a hard concept to grasp if you're not a security professional, if you are just a, a user of applications, or sometimes even if you're just an application developer or you're a network person, you may not deal with all the aspects of it. So the way to think about it and the way that security professionals think about things is sort of similar to maybe how you think about securing your house or securing a building, right? Um, a single door with a single lock on it probably defeatable, right? Somebody can come in and, and open that. They can either pick the lock or they can knock the door down. And so typically, if you're trying to secure something, you want to put up multiple levels or multiple layers of things that are going to impede a hacker from getting into your environment. And the hope is ultimately that one of those layers, one of those levels is going to stop them, or more importantly, is going to make them get so frustrated uh, trying to get through the multiple levels that they just sort of give up. And so that idea of defense in depth is very much what we see. We saw this in data centers, but we see it very much in the cloud as well because you know we now have applications all over the world and other things. So the first thing to think about in the cloud that's, that's very different in terms of how things are allocated versus your typical data center is almost by default, cloud likes to turn everything off from a security perspective. They sort of block everything by default. 
Whereas a lot of times the products that you might use in your data center, um, you know, in order to make things simpler to use or less complicated, they'll allow things to be on by default. So, you know, everything can get in and then you're sort of turning off the things you don't want. Cloud by default, because the cloud provider has to be responsible for certain things, tends to turn everything off by default and then asks you to granularly go in at each level of that defense in depth and turn on what do you want to get in. Now, the second thing to think about um, is, you know, Aaron mentioned things like single sign-on and, and authentication. There really are lots of different things that are connecting here. So let me let me kind of lay out a few of those as we talk about kind of what's allocated. You have are your users allowed to get in? And this is where you have your typical authentication system, you know, a username and a password or a two-factor authentication. The next thing that we're trying to figure out is, you know, are you, uh, once you get in, what are you getting into? What do you have permissions to get into? What groups are you allowed? So are you a user? Are you a super user? Are you the one who has access to turn things on and off? And so there's usually sort of groups within that authentication that are allocated to give you permissions or, or lack of permissions. And then the third thing that tends to happen is you want to figure out which applications can talk to each other. So this is not a user to an application. This is like the database talking to the web server or a web server talking to a third-party application, right? So there's going to be security things that go on between the applications themselves and the flow of data as opposed to just like the users talking to uh, an application. So the two things to keep in mind, um, you know, there are multiple layers of things, defenses in depth, and then there's both sort of users authentication, the data gets authenticated, but also application to application gets authenticated. And, and throughout that process, different security tools might get allocated to sort of do those different things in, in depth. Now, Aaron, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, how, security got allocated before, you know, we, and we've talked a lot about, you know, security, how, how storage was set up and how networking was set up. I mean, is security all that different in how it used to work in the data center? Is it much different than the normal procure rack and stack configure or was, you know, is there anything different that used to happen there? Yeah, I, I think it's very traditional. Um, you know, we, we don't want to sound like a broken record uh, when, when it comes to how things were, but it is, it's IT tickets. Now, just like there was a lot of, of isolated teams and silos, a lot of times there was a security team. Um, maybe it is an extension of the networking team, uh, but there is, uh, you know, one or, or more people that was typically handling the security. Now they handle it many different aspects of it. They, they configure the firewalls and, and the intrusion detection systems and all of that. Because there was, as we said, it, everything defaulted to on so many manual configurations and also doing a lot of audits um, because of the nature of on-prem instance, sometimes after the fact as well. And think of this um, model as um, a, a perimeter model, you know, kind of building a moat around your data center and trying to really um, protect the outside, right? The very traditional approach to all of this in a data center was you just protected the outside because it was a physical location and you could just protect that perimeter. Now, as we've moved to cloud computing, 
protecting that perimeter becomes really hard because it isn't necessarily a physical thing anymore. This is more of a concept of your data center and you're kind of wiring together all of these resources. And so um, just like we mentioned defense in depth, another security model that has popped up is, is something we call a zero trust model. And this is again, kind of a default in the cloud where nothing trusts anything. And so you have to enable everything. And in doing so, the idea behind it is the the public cloud is inherently more secure because uh, it, because it does default to everything is denied, but also because, again, that responsibility, you're paying somebody else to maintain these, they're keeping patches up to date. They're making sure all the vulnerability, vulnerability fixes are in place. And that is something that was also part of a full-time job and then some of an on-prem security person and sometimes having to take a lot of downtime because they weren't necessarily in big clusters or, and so keeping up with the constant um, barrage of security uh, penetration and security holes that were out there just became something that is very cumbersome in kind of the old traditional way. And this new zero trust model, you just assume you trust no one. Right. Right. Um, I think, I think the other thing that's really important about the cloud that's somewhat different um, is so many people, once they move to the cloud, so many companies, once they move to the cloud, they, they, they tend to learn, okay, that's how the cloud works. It's a little bit different. It tends to be more secure sort of by default, but we're changing things more frequently. We better start with highly automated environments, right? And so a lot of times in the data centers, automation came well after lots of manual processes been put in place and people had become kind of entrenched in their jobs. In the public cloud, you know, people that are successful tend to highly rely on automation tools, whether that's a native tool in the public cloud or, you know, a config management tool um, like Chef, Puppet, Ansible, um, SaltStack, other things like that. So that's another area that, um, you know, people use these configuration management, highly automated environments um, to also help make sure the security is the same over and over and over again. Agreed. Agreed. Now, Brian, let's let's kind of jump into, because uh, I think they're co-related here, Um both the location and the cost of security in the cloud. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit as well? Yeah, and I and I think in terms of location, um, you know, just like networking, you know, we we talked about, um, you know, location is is very kind of localized, if you will, from a networking perspective. Well, location tends to be pretty localized from a security perspective as well. So, um, you know, as Aaron talked about, there are kind of, you know, perimeters, uh, you know, I talked about defense in depth, Aaron talked about sort of, there's not one perimeter. So, you know, we're, we're building these layers. Um, sometimes they're, you know, lists of who can get in and can get out. Sometimes they're devices like firewalls or, or other things that <clears throat> are there actively looking for stuff. Um, but the location is going to be as close to your application as possible to, to protect it. Um, and also, you know, we want to put things like authentication where people come into the network um, as close to them as possible so that that response time to whether they get in or they get out is as is, is quick as possible. So, you know, location of security services tends to be very similar to network services. We want to put it as close to the applications, as close to the data as possible, and then also realize that it's going to be these sort of, you know, concentric circles of, of you know, defenses in depth. 
Now, in terms of cost, um, cost is is going to be kind of similar to networking, right? There are going to be some things in the public cloud in which you're going to pay sort of a fixed price, right? So you might pay a fixed price for um, you know having IP addresses that are exposed to the public cloud versus internal private IP addresses. But then you're going to have some services that are going to be based on how much traffic it's protecting. So, you know, a, a firewall or what they call a web application firewall, an API gateway is not going to be a fixed price. It's going to be based on um, how much traffic comes through that security device and how much, you know, how much sort of capabilities it has to, it has to deliver. So just like in networking, it's important to understand, you know, your, your traffic flows and your volume of traffic, you know, security is going to kind of run in parallel to that. So, you know, you have to be, um, thinking first and foremost, how do I secure things? I want to make sure that things are secure there where they're supposed to be secured. But then you also need to optimize around, you know, am I paying you know a huge amount of money just because maybe I didn't architect things the right way and I could do it such that not as much traffic is flowing through things. I could block it somewhere else or not as much traffic has to be inspected, uh, you know, by a by an inspection thing, um, and I could reduce costs somewhere else. So, you know, the the things about location and cost um, for security very much follow networking because again, they're both looking at traffic flows. They're not looking at sort of, you know, an application or, or the data itself. So, um, you know, I, I'll wrap up sort of the same way that we wrapped up networking. Um, you know, security is an area that. It's worth being conversant in, even if it's not your day job. Um, you know, most companies have you know dedicated security teams. We see those security teams becoming more and more integrated into networking teams, into application teams. We hear terms like DevSecOps, where they're becoming part of these agile teams. So, um, you know, you may have been listening to this episode and go, "Okay, that gives me some good primers of what's going on." I don't know that I totally understand it, but it is important to understand kind of the core concepts that security teams care about so that if you're an application developer and every time you build an application and the security team looks at it, they go, oh, not again. You forgot all the basics. You didn't remember the things that I told you to remember. We're going to have to start over from scratch. So whether you're a security professional or you're just kind of learning this space, it's important to know the basics so that you can be conversant with the people that are going to determine whether you get in the door or not in the door. So Aaron, with that, let's, let's wrap up uh, the security one. The next one that we're going to cover on our next session is going to be databases and sort of all things that hold data. So databases, data lakes, and data warehouses. We'll see you on the next show. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.